0: or go to Anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode in her space, our body feels like it's betraying us because it's not doing what we want it to do. Really, the body is just trying to keep you safe. It's that when it's triggered, it says, "Oh, I know how we're going to survive this." And so, a lot of times, what happens is it then tightens up, it tenses up, which is the opposite of what we want during sex, right? So, if it's this involuntary. welcome to Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. With We're your hosts, hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist,
1: and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, Please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Now, lady, today we're diving into a topic that's taboo for many, but oh, so necessary to a fulfilling and joyful existence. Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> Do you have questions about your sexuality? Are you wondering why your sex drive is low? Is intercourse painful for you? Or maybe you just wanna learn how to make yourself orgasm, okay? Well, today's guest is a licensed marriage and family therapist, relationship therapist, and sexuality expert. She's the owner, founder, and primary psychotherapist of the Flow and Ease Healing Center, and she specializes in working with relationship and sexuality challenges. But wait, there's more. She's also the co-founder of Melanin and Mental Health and co-host on the podcast of Between Sessions. Elisa Bokeen helps people heal from shame and trauma so they can have healthier, pleasure-filled, mutually satisfying relationships. And guess what? We have her here in her space to get her gems and insight just for you.
0: in that introduction, I am just... So excited about our conversation that's going to come up for today. Me too. So I'm going to start us off with our quote of the day, which is, of course, none other than a quote from salt and Pepper. let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about all the good things, the bad things that come up. Let's talk about sex. And I'm going to read that one more time just so that we can really get in the spirit of it. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about all the good things, all the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. Are we ready to dive in? Let's
1: talk about I have some selfish questions in here for myself, so let's do it, Dom. Let's all right. Ahead. All right.
0: <laughs> all right. Alisa, are you ready to dive in? I'm so ready. I'm so ready. I'm so excited. Yes, let's talk about it. All right. So tell us, you know... Talking about sex is often pretty taboo. So talk to us a little bit about how you decided to pursue a career in sex therapy. Sure. So I knew that I wanted to be a therapist. Actually, my second career in life. um, But I knew that I wanted to be a therapist and quickly learned that I really enjoyed working with couples. And I also really enjoyed working individually with women who were healing from some sort of sexual trauma, sexual abuse in their history. And as I was working with the couples, as to be expected, a lot of times some of the issues that would come up would be around, around their sex life. And you know, grad school can only prepare you so much. They right. like can give you a general overview of everything. And so I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared or knew how to navigate those conversations with my clients when they were going to be bringing up these challenges with sexuality, then I didn't fully know how to help these women heal either from any sexual trauma. And a lot of the times trauma was also somewhere in there as to why they might be suffering or struggling um, just with experiencing pleasure in their Mm -hmm. sexual relationships. So kind of being this overachiever, you know, where it's like, if I'm going to do this. I want to do it really, really well. So I feel that I need to get more training in being able to help clients with that. So went to University of Michigan sexual health program that they have there. to did years worth of training to be able to help people with issues around sexuality. That is so. That is so awesome. And, you know, it's interesting that you said that you didn't feel like you got enough training in grad school because my dissertation actually kind of focused on that where, mm. where I surveyed different therapists across the country, mostly in the Southeast. And that was one of the findings was that therapists were saying that what would help them feel comfortable, talk to parents um, who are trying to have conversations about sex with their adolescents, which is a whole different ball game mm-hmm. than just talking about our own stuff. Most of the therapists said not having the adequate training. So I right. think that there's like a big gap in our graduate programs, a, a huge piece that we're missing. Huge, you know, I and I think what you just highlighted was not knowing how to talk to the parents. And, you know, it's really not that far removed from why we struggle to talk about it as adults, right? Like right. there's this inability to have healthy conversations about sex and then somehow as adults we're expected to know how to have these healthy satisfying passionate sex lives you know so we're really kind of i think going into it as therapists and not being fully prepared really is just sort of a reflection of how it is for all of us you know just not having the information. Exactly. And I think if we don't have the information as therapists and they're looking to us as experts, then how can we help? And it just becomes this vicious cycle. Yes. Yeah. And you're so right because a lot of that, that was the thing for me is that I knew if clients were bringing up the topic of sex, that they were coming a very vulnerable place, you know, because clients will kind of gauge to feel what your comfort level is, what you're willing to adjust. And so I felt like because I love this work so much, because for me this work is sacred, and I truly feel honored and privileged when clients are able to open up and trust me as part of their process. And I felt like I just wasn't doing them justice by not having some answers. Maybe I wouldn't be able to have all the answers but I would have more resources. I would know how to direct it. So I really wanted to be able to meet their vulnerability and their trusting in me with some more competence in that area.
1: Alisa, really quick question for you. So, as someone that is a um, abuse survivor, how would you recommend someone have a conversation with their partner around those things that they've experienced that may impact their sex life? Like, is there any, do you have any tips on like how to even initiate that conversation? Because I know sometimes if someone hasn't experienced it, they're like, I don't really know what to do with this information. Like, I want to be there and support you, but what do, you know, how do I even help, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I think a big part of it starts with really taking care of yourself first, Mm -hmm. if you have a history of trauma. And, and so that may look like, doing some trauma therapy, doing some work with the therapist to really work through some of this trauma. Because what we know about trauma is that trauma gets stored in our bodies. It rewires our brains. The responses that we have when we're triggered, which we may not even know what the triggers are, become involuntary responses. And so you may have this willing desire and and want to move past it, and yet your body doesn't maybe cooperate the way that you want it to. And so you can't outthink trauma, you cannot outwish trauma or positive trauma away. It's a really delicate process that requires disentangling. And so the first thing I would do is taking care of yourself what is it that you may need to work through and then i always tell couples particularly when they come in seeing this as our issue this is our issue that's impacting our Mm -hmm. sex life. so we're going to address it as a team because when it becomes you know well that's your issue or that's your stuff you know there's 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 less success sometimes in that way. So, how can you be supportive? That may mean that you need somebody who's a professional, right, to kind of highlight the different ways that your partner can be supportive. If you know what your triggers are, right, like explaining that, getting more psychoeducation around trauma. There is um, the courage to heal, I believe is what it's called, and there's a yep. companion book to that for the partners. I'm trying to remember what what it's called. But there's a companion book to that that specifies for people who are partnered with someone who maybe has had some sexual abuse or trauma in their history, how they can be supportive. Because I think one of the things that often happens is the person, the other person, will personalize when the, when, um, the person who maybe has undergone the trauma they'll begin to personalize why that person doesn't want to have sex or why they're being triggered. And it's it, they came into it with that. It's an involuntary response. It's not their issue, but having to understand how you can be supportive versus um, triggering is going to be really important.
1: Wow. That is so powerful. And we we're going to add that in the show notes, because we definitely mm-hmm. want to provide that as a resource. That is amazing. And It's so powerful that that energy can be lodged in you and impact the way that you show up in the world. And I've chatted with women in my family, even older women who have been, you know, raped or molested, and they have not shared it with anyone. And it has impacted their life because they really haven't had a chance to really express that and and heal properly.
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know one of the things that trauma does and how it impacts us physically is if you think of sex if you think of sexual experiences in these this healthy exchange what's really required for us to have these deeply satisfying passionate experiences is a whole lot of vulnerability right okay so we have to be able to be really vulnerable and relax into the situation we let go right so we we let go so we let our bodies go and we're open to the experience so there's vulnerability and there's trust what happens when we have undergone trauma and so trauma can be sexual it can be physical it can happen um from it can be medical right like having for a lot of women some of their most traumatic experiences been at their OBGYN, right? Like getting, getting a pap smear for the first time or what have you, that can impact us witnessing the trauma of others, hearing about the trauma of others. So all of this then gets stored in the body. And then what happens is the body then tenses up, it becomes restrictive, right? So if you think about it in those terms, if my body is storing this trauma, If it's storing storing the stuff that keeps me on guard, right? Because even though trauma feels, our body feels like it's betraying us because it's not doing what we want it to do, really the body is just trying to keep you safe. It's that when it's triggered and it says, oh, I know how we're going to survive this. And so a lot of times what happens is it then tightens up, it tenses up, which is the opposite of what we want during sex. Right. So if it's this involuntary response, and you might be willing, right? Sometimes what can happen is we freeze or we disassociate, right? Like mm-hmm. we just we're there, but we're not there. And so what really happens is we're disembodied. And in order for us to really experience pleasure, we have to be embodied. Right, We have to be in our bodies So working through the trauma With somebody um, That can help you work that With a professional What it does is you begin to be In your body again You begin to make peace And really come home To yourself again Wow The way you explain it It's It resonates and it makes sense to me Mm -hmm. And As I'm hearing you talk, I'm like, okay. so I want to refer people to you like I want like I'm just thinking of people like off top that I'm like, oh, yes, they need to go see her. Definitely. Like there's so much powerful work that it sounds like you're doing. So talk to us a little bit about. When a couple or maybe even an individual is coming to you for the first time. What are some things that you would suggest for them to get comfortable with the idea of diving into this work? Yeah. So the first thing is you don't dive into trauma, right? That's Thank you. The first Thank you. We don't dive into trauma because just the idea of that can be too much for people. Right. I'm so glad you said that. It's Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I love Somebody, I remember reading somewhere, is it, if you can think of it as this ticking time bomb, with and you you wouldn't just go in there and try and disentangle it, right? No, you very gently and intentionally um, disentangle it, and so that's what trauma is like. I think if if you have sometimes that's the other thing is even being able to identify it. One, I think the word trauma traumatized gets thrown around a lot and so yes. I think we don't always know what actually it is um, or we minimize our experiences and say well that was a trauma that was just how I was raised mm. right like that's just that's just what people go through you Preach. Know? like just keep it moving <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> and so really trauma is really specific to an individual it's a very personal thing because Because what might be traumatizing to me may not be traumatizing to you. And it's just when there's an overwhelming event and the body is not able to fully release or go through the response cycle that is wired into us to survive, right? We get stuck in it. And so what is important to know is sometimes what trauma can look like is... um, right like maybe Mm -hmm. somebody else they just don't care so what that might look like in a relationship is let's say your partner has a history of trauma maybe it's physical trauma maybe it wasn't sexual right so maybe it was physical trauma emotional trauma um what have you so maybe when you get into arguments they just check out right Mm -hmm. like they're just not responding they, and and you interpret that as them just they just don't care, right? Well, you just don't care. You don't have nothing to say, right? right. You know. And really, what, what it is is they disassociated, right? You triggered something in them that maybe it was physical, verbal abuse at home, and the way they learned to survive that was to just stay quiet, right? right. So identifying that there might be some trauma there, it can be also anger. Right? You might see anger or um, irritability, right? Like just always angry, you know, and just kind of reactive. So identifying that there may be some trauma, and sometimes that's hard for people. That's hard for people to, yeah. to even um, say, what do you mean that was trauma, right? And Yeah, because we've been taught it. to not, we've been taught to deny it. And like you said earlier, we've been taught that, you know, we normalize these things as, well, this is just how you were raised and, or right. you're being weak. If you are right. bringing up these issues, a strong woman is supposed to take it and, mm-hmm. and keep going. Yeah. That's, that's one of the narratives that just makes my blood curl. Right. Yes. I yes. That. You're you the measure of your strength
1: is in how much pain, you can endure and
0: tolerate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And extra points if you don't complain. Right. Right? Like, right. you didn't complain <laughs> and you went through all that. Right? Like, really? what well, You were, like, you were an extra, extra level of good woman. Right? Right. And so, yeah, that's how we're conditioned. And also, you know, there's been so much research about how trauma also gets passed in our DNA. Yes. Right? Oh, my gosh. So coming into the world already with some trauma. Right. right? So part of this is even identifying what it is and why it's significant is not for us to play a victim role. Some people are like, I don't, I'm not a victim. Great, right. but we have to call it with what it is. We're gonna heal with right? You can't, you cannot feel it, right? If, if you're you in denial. What, Mm -hmm. and and so that's why it's important to know and it, it can really rob us of having the full range of experience in life that's what trauma does is it's a thief yes and it robs us from the ability to be in our bodies feel safe in our bodies be present in our bodies and to show up for life fully and that's why it's important to be able to heal from it. And sometimes that can start with just getting in your body again. Um,
1: I know I'm going on and on and on and on. So feel free. It's to so go good. good. You are. No, this keep so going. good. Okay? we're we doing a praise <laughs> dance. You can't see us, Lisa. we're doing a praise <laughs> dance over here. Really? You are on point. Okay. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so any any time you can begin to get in your body. Uh, again so so, Peter Levine who uh, one of his books is I believe Waking the Tiger um, he sort of is the one who created somatic experiencing trauma healing through somatic experiencing and so sometimes what happens is trauma robs us of memory also right and it also robs us of our ability sometimes of even verbalizing so that's why like if Go through an, a traumatic event like let's say a car accident and after the car accident you're just kind of like uh, I don't even have words right because that part of your brain that's kind of getting hijacked and so sometimes it's less it's less about retrieving those memories and more about what happens when we're triggered and learning how to stay in our bodies again so um, yoga Yoga, uh, trauma-informed yoga yes, is a a wonderful way that you can start experiencing this because there are certain positions, um, forms that you, you kind of take in yoga that can actually open up and help release some sure. of the trauma that may be stored in your body. So if you've ever gone to a yoga class and for some reason... You feel emotional after you do a hip opener or a heart opener. You're like, why am I crying? (laughs) Because there is an actual release of emotional energy that is taking place. So trauma-informed yoga is a wonderful um, avenue if one is not ready for therapy. Um, You know, there's... uh, equine therapy, the, the horse Oh, therapy. yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, anything that can really get you in your body. Even just practicing awareness when you are walking. Right? Right. That's so, so hard, hard for some people to do. That is so incredible. Start there. Start in um how present can you be in your body? Because it's not uncommon. It's not uncommon for people who have undergone trauma, you know, to not even be able to identify what they're feeling in their body. So some of the work when I'm working with a client, a lot of the times, you know, I will pause, you know, throughout session and ask, what's coming up for you? And so my clients know that that means take a minute and scan your body, right? What am I feeling in my body? You know, is my chest tightening my my stomach upset? Am I, am I warm? Notice your thoughts, what thoughts are coming up for me, um, and notice your emotions. And so that's something that you can begin doing. And it can be really frustrating for people who have, who have a history of trauma that they sometimes can't, they don't know. And that's okay. And that, that's okay. That can be shame-inducing for somebody. And it's okay if you don't know, that's what we're working towards. So something as um, getting like an ice an ice cube or um, have a colleague and friend who would, she keeps frozen limes on hand for when we start to kind of get triggered, grab the line because often the extremities of our body um, will keep sensation. So maybe grab that line and hold that in your hand. Okay, like I'm noticing. So it's about getting back into our bodies.
1: That is just, our jaws, like both of our jaws, like are on the floor. I mean, this is, this is so game changing. And I guess, I guess I want to, we want to segue into some of the pleasurable things about sex. So once we heal from the trauma and we're in a good place where we're like, we're open, can we, can we just get right to it? Can we talk about because I know when I grew up, you know, in the church and, you know, a very religious environment, I was always taught like, oh, no, masturbation is not a good thing. You should not masturbate. Can we just talk about pleasuring ourselves and like how to even learn and get started with that? If you've tried before and maybe you haven't had a good experience and you're like, it's not working. What what do you do? Yes. Well, tell us anything. Yeah. Yes. Let's talk
0: about that because, you know, one of the things that I often tell people when there is that religious sort of shame or upbringing and individuals with a clitoris, right, if you have a clitoris, then it's important to know that if the religious sort of undertone, if I believe in a power greater than myself, created me with that divine intelligence, well, the clitoris is the only body part that is designed solely to experience sexual pleasure. That's it. It doesn't serve any other so, yes, the there we power go. Order, <laughs> I created me to and designed me solely to experience sexual pleasure there, then pleasure is my divine birthright. Yes. I yes. could possibly be mad at that, right? My new mindset. Um, so, part of it is again, there might be shame. There may be trauma, it may be difficult to even begin exploring your body in a sexual way. So start with really um, exploring what feels good to your senses in a sensual way. It doesn't necessarily have to be sexual at the beginning. If you're not ready um, for self pleasure, that might be a warm bath, but I'm talking about a luscious bath, right? Like get all the essential oils, throw some coconut oil in the water, feel the different temperatures set the mood and notice what your body responds to what does your body respond to Then, as far as self-pleasure goes i think a lot of the times it's because don't fully understand women's sexuality and that's because there's not a lot of um, concern around it to be honest there's not a Mm. lot of research that's done it's just not a priority Mm -hmm. it's not a priority when um when men, you know, when you have an individual whose penis is not working, I tell you there's there's going to be a doctor that knows what to do. There's going to be a pill. There's going to be research around it, right? Like, how can we get penis back to working? <laughs> not the same with with um, individuals with vaginas, right? So, it's, it's pathologized right? oftentimes. Uh, absolutely. And it's also because it's it's misunderstood the majority of individuals need extra stimulation to the clitoral area. Right. I think it's like 70% of women will experience orgasm as a result of clitoral stimulation. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. But the focus often is in vaginal penetration. Exactly. So it's about really, Taking the time to explore. So there's a resource, um, a website, you may have heard of it, called OMG Yes. So OMG Yes is a website that is dedicated solely to to women's sexual pleasure. And so it's kind of filmed in documentary style, but it's women, it's a how-to different techniques of self-pleasure and so you can watch it alone or you can watch it with your partner um it even has like you know ways that you can kind of practice you know there like with with if you're on your phone or what have you um but omg guess one of my favorite absolute favorite books is come as Mar by emily Nagoski, which is I've recommended that book to women and they'll come back and say that will change my life mm-hmm. because it's really thorough and really dedicated to understanding women's sexuality. So what I would say is just start off by exploring, make it an event, like take your time, explore. Um, if you're going to introduce toys and you've never used toys in the past, um, start off with something small, find something that, does primarily stimulation to your clitoris. Um, So like a bullet or what have you versus anything that might be a little more intimidating versus anything that might be, you know, penetrative Um, focus on that and really learning your own body first.
1: Seriously. I mean, all I can, we're going to just say, wow, the whole episode, I mean, (laughs) we're we're taking notes. i am taking notes from a selfish perspective over here. Like, (laughs) I'm you know, listening.
0: there's another, um, there's another web, these, um, these two amazing, uh, clinicians, they're in St. Louis, um, they're sex, they're sex educators, so Afro Sexology, they have, a, a resource, a book, like an ebook that is dedicated also primarily to orgasm and exploring. So much of this is going to be about exploring, taking your time, patience, Giving yourself the time to explore because that's the other thing is that, you know, if you do have a clitoris, it will probably take a little bit more time. I think on average, um, it requires about 17 to 20 minutes of direct clitoral stimulation for some women to orgasm. But yep. what often happens during partnered sex, primarily heterosexual partnered sex, is, oh, it's taking too long. Why is it taking so long? Right? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So it, be, it really, it's people, is for the experience to be more pleasure-focused versus goal-oriented orgasm being the goal. Like, Success. take the time to mm-hmm. experience the pleasure in it. Yes, have fun with it. Yes.
1: It's not about yes. the destination, yes. but about the, the journey. journey, right? It's about the journey. Yes. Oh
0: my gosh. Well, you know, sex is the adult version of play. right? Like, yes. Right? <laughs> That's, That's a great way sex. to think about it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so take the time. It's, it's when we have it be, it's when we place certain you know, I like to say sex expectations on the experience that really can produce more anxiety. The more anxiety The more tense you're going to be. The more tense you are, the less you're going to be open. The less open, the more difficult it is for you to be able to experience pleasure. And when I say open, I mean just generally speaking. Your body just being open and and not contracted and tense.
1: This is just so amazing, Lisa. I feel like now that we're talking, we talked about play a little bit. I just want to transition into A sort of fun segment where we ask you some fun questions, kind of like rapid fire style, just to get to learn more about you and your fun side. So I'd love to just dive right in and let's do it. So the first question I have for you is, would you rather have unlimited sushi for life or unlimited tacos for life?
0: I'm Latina, so I want the tacos. (laughs) (laughs) I can dig that. Yes, we love tacos.
1: Okay, what about... Let's see. Would you rather be able to see 10 minutes into your own future or 10 minutes into the future of anyone but yourself?
0: Mine. I know, mine. It's like, <laughs> I want to
1: know. Right? <laughs> Tell me what to expect. Would you rather go back to age five with everything you know now or know now everything your future self will learn? I would say
0: no. I, no, I think my
1: future self would learn. Yes. You are, I can tell you are a visionary and you like to know the details. <laughs> the, the same exact way, I can dig it. So, a few more questions and then we'll go ahead and get your contact information so folks can learn where to find you online and where to book their sessions because I am sure you're going to have some new clients after our ladies hear this episode. Text message or call. It
0: depends on who. <laughs> <laughs> right. That is such a therapist's response. Yes. yes. That's, that's not the way it is. We'll but, take you know, if I really it's somebody that I really want to talk to, I'll have a nice conversation if I just need to get out the
1: phone text. <laughs> singing or dancing? Dancing. Dancing dancing. Boat or plane. Boat, because I love the ocean. Yes. And last but not least, love or money? Love. Love. I know that's right. Right? Well, Lisa, you have <laughs> dropped so many gems, so much knowledge. I We've both taken notes. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your gifts with us. Um, We would love to connect our... Community with you. So if you can just tell us where we can find you all over the place on social media, we'll be sure to get them connected to you.
0: Yes, yeah, so you can find me on Instagram and on Facebook, Flow and Ease with E. And I'm on Twitter, um E-L-I-Z-A-G, B-O-Q-U-I-N, so Anisa G Boquin, And my website is flownesehealing.com.
1: Now um, that was amazing. Um I'm still mentally processing our conversation with Elisa and I took some notes, so we got we just gotta talk about it. Like
0: let's just do it. Yeah, let's
1: do it. I I don't even know where to start. I feel like I got my whole life. I feel like I have homework, personal homework I need to do. <laughs> um but it was just so deep. Like some of the points that she shared, one and you emphasize this, like what you say you don't dive into trauma and it was like oh light bulb oh my gosh because in my mind as this ambitious person even my own trauma is like all right let's dive in let's do it let's put it on the calendar let's just dive in deep but it's like no we got to, we got sometimes you got tiptoe in there
0: right and And, and that's why i brought that that's why i said it like that mm -hmm. because i was like i know that that's one of our usual taglines is to say let's dive in
1: oh and so
0: i knew that this was like one of those things where it's like no, we can't. We ain't gonna
1: dive in. We're just gonna we, put the toe in and then we're yes, gonna to... we gotta I ease
0: that. into this is something that we really do have that's to something. ease into and I wanted to kind of take away that expectation that we sometimes place on one another that you have to be willing to go deep yes. right away. This is not when we're trying to deal with trauma, when we're trying to heal mm-hmm. from trauma, it's not gonna be something that's gonna happen overnight. Mm. And part of going to therapy, even even if you're not going for a traumatic experience, part of going to therapy can be painful. It can be vulnerable. Like for myself even, like I've had times where I've gone in and it's a sunshiny day and I'm in a great mood. And then I get to therapy and we start processing. And next thing you know, I'm like, crying. Yes. Ball well, in my eyes, I mm-hmm. ugly cry. Yep. Kleenex is full of snot. Yeah. The whole the whole deal. The whole bit. And it's because therapy is that opportunity to release. Yes. It's that space where you can really be vulnerable and tap into those things. But it doesn't have to be something that you dive into.
1: That's so powerful. And one thing you said is we have this expectation of others, but I also want to add even ourselves, because I know for me, I put this expectation on myself, like, oh, I got to dive into this and heal from it and be okay. And then move on and tell a story about it and inspire people. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa." let's let you actually process this and feel all the emotions without having to attach how you're going to overcome, but just like feel those emotions, like they're valid. And I mean, what you, what, what she said about trauma getting passed in the DNA, like Yes. OMG! Especially with okay, you know I was, you know we always have to go here, but I do want to say that I've been just kind of skimming some research recently about slavery and how the trauma of our ancestors mm-hmm. has,
0: Yes, mm-hmm. that has
1: impacted us. So like the trauma getting passed in DNA is just like whoa! Like another mind blowing like point. And then when you think about this part here you have to call it what it is in order to heal. Like you have to know what the yes. wound is. If you're walking around and you're bleeding and you don't know where it's coming from, like in the physical world, how are you going, how are you going bandage what's going on? And you don't even, you haven't identified the cause and, and come to grips with, okay, this is where I'm hurting. This is the cause of this thing that happened. If you have an right. open wound. And so it's the same way when it comes to trauma. And like you said, like we don't have to dive in deep and you don't have to do it all in one sitting. Like it's a process. Yes. And just to be a little transparent, I'm working through some some traumatic experiences right now and for me it's it's a process. I've also been to therapy and I'll meet with the therapist and it's a great day and then by the time I leave I'm like, "Well, goddamn, I'm depressed now." But it's part of the work. It is. And the good thing is it's like there it does get better and these feelings won't last forever. And one thing that one of my counselors had shared is that I think she said something like emotions last for 90 seconds. Like from a neurological standpoint, Mm -hmm. it doesn't last long. So like let yourself feel that emotion, get it out. Like it's okay to be angry, right? Like that's okay. It's okay to, let's just sit with that. It's okay to be angry. What causes us issues is when you act on that anger in a way that isn't productive, right? So if you go to harm someone or harm yourself, but it's okay to be
0: angry. The other piece with that too Mm -hmm. is if you don't let yourself experience the emotions yeah so if you're trying to fight the anger or if you're trying to fight the hurt then that's only going to cause more pain and discomfort for you and for some of us some of our anxiety stems from not dealing with our other emotions not letting us feel the feeling.
1: Yes, and I want to share the two mantras that I'm gonna be like implementing in my own life now because the trauma that I'm working through now is related to sexual trauma from childhood, mm-hmm. and the thing about and i we definitely have to do an episode about this in the future, but one of the things that I've been like trying to do is create a safe space to kind of call up my younger self because I feel like my younger self has been like just trying to like reach out or like get some closure, and so speaking to that younger me and like letting her know that one, you were not wrong. It's okay. You can feel angry, like even like nurturing myself, hugging myself and letting myself know know that it was okay. I am safe now. I'm safe, you know, in my body. I am at home in my body and things like that. That's kind of the, those are the mantras that I want to begin to repeat to myself so that I can heal from the things that I've been through that are lodged in me that I've suppressed so deep that it's hard to just recall them and you know bring it up and so we'll definitely have to dive into that but I think this episode was just I can't wait to listen to the episode and take more notes and have a conversation with you lady like as you listen wherever you are in your life just think about the experiences that you've had think about the questions that have come up for you and please 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 reach out to us on instagram In the DM, on Facebook, you can send us an email at herspacepodcast at gmail.com or, you know, comment on Apple or wherever you're listening to this. Like, leave us comments. Let us know because we want to have a conversation with you. We're not just here to hear ourselves talk or just to do this for fun. Like, we want to heal. This is all about healing conversations.
0: Yes, yes. And, And share this with your partners. Let your partners hear this conversation so that even if you are in a space where you don't quite have the words to articulate what you're thinking and what you're feeling, just share this episode with them so that they can kind of get a sense of how to help you through this process. And like, like it was mentioned earlier, know that it's a shared process when you're in a relationship. It's not just one one of you it's both of you thanks for joining us today in her space please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help advice self-empowerment and mental health but it is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider if you or someone you know is in need of mental health care Please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider.
1: If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Herspace Podcast, or check out our website at HerspacePodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me I release what no longer serves me. To manifest what I desire.
0: Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week lady.